If you've ever seen the forest when a fire was running wild And you love the things within it like a mother loves her child Then you know why Smokey tells you when he sees you passing through Remember, please be careful, it's the least that you can do Smokey the Bear This past Saturday was the first annual National Wildland Firefighter Day In honor of the men and women who battle wildfires and so... Our resident historian, Philly Spinell, figured that's a good excuse to drive out to the Fire Lookout Museum in Spokane. <laughs> Felix is brought to us by Lake Washington Windows and Doors. Back with the lookouts again, huh? Yeah, you know, at their peak in the 1940s during World War II, there were something like 8,000 Fire Lookout Towers in the U.S., including 682 here in Washington, usually staffed with one or two people keeping their eyes open for the first sign of a fire or maybe enemy aircraft. Now, there's just a few dozen lookouts left in Washington these days, and only some are still staffed. One lookout tower that remains is in the backyard of a Spokane man named Ray Kresick. He pieced it together back in 1984 from the ruins of seven lookout towers. And back then, he trucked it around to a couple of big county fairs, and millions of people walked through its doors. It's been in his backyard for almost 40 years now. Now, Ray Kresick loves lookout towers. He authored the, the definitive book on the history of lookout towers in the Northwest. Long out of print. If you can find it, it's very expensive. You'll pay hundreds of dollars for it. Um, now, the tower and a separate building and a huge collection of artifacts are part of the Fire Lookout Museum. It's not really open to the public so much anymore, but I was able to score an invitation. I threw my, you know, threw my VIP status around. Sure. So last Saturday, I headed to Ray's house. It's on a suburban street just north of the Spokane city boundary. He led a tour through a yard filled with all kinds of amazing artifacts related to wildfires, Smoky Bear, the Forest Service, and state forest agencies here in the Northwest. One of our first stops was an old outdoor phone. Fire lookouts actually predate radio to about 1910, but they needed to be able to communicate when somebody saw something. So in the early 20th century, foresters strung miles and miles of wire through the woods to connect lookout towers with a rudimentary party line. This is a typical field phone along the trails of the backwoods back in the, well, as early as 1910. And it still works. You know, the the old phone system would be, uh, if your call was uh, one long, three shorts, You answered it, and 18 other people would listen. So, you know, like a party line, right? There's only one yeah. phone line, and you have a uh, – anyway, so everybody would hear your call on the old lookout tower. So we climbed to the steps of the lookout. It's a Model L6, if you're marking your scorecard. Designed in the 30s, 8 feet square, windows all around. In the middle is the firefinder. Now, that's the heart of the operation, to help pinpoint the location of smoke and fires. It's about the size and shape of a big pizza pan, and it has a map attached. You look through this tiny little slit here. And out the other end is a horsehair, and in the middle of the map is you. So as you're sighting this smoke that's going to be between here and here somewhere, it's up to you to determine the location of it. And that's how a firefinder works. It's the 360 degrees of a compass, and. Uh, when you report to the dispatcher, uh, you report your azimuth, which is the degrees of the compass, and uh, an estimated distance, how far it is away from you, which which hill it's on, how many hills away from you, and uh, if there's another lookout, you're fortunate because you can do a cross shot. You know, cross shot is triangulating from two different locations to, to pinpoint something. Now, Ray Kresick is 85. He was born in Olympia. He retired years ago from the Spokane Fire Department. 
When he was a kid, his dad drove all over the state, installing and repairing two-way radios in fire lookout towers, and Ray often went along for the ride. When he was 12, he and a friend built a trail and a campground in the woods near where they lived up in Oroville, and the Forest Service sent him a Smoky Bear poster as a thank you. Now, that was a watershed moment, and we'll have more about that in a bit, but basic premise is this fascination with all things wildfire goes way back for Ray Kresick. I started on a lookout when I was 16. It kind of grew with me, but I wanted to fight fire all my life, so I did that for 35 years. And then when I retired out of the Spokane Fire Department, I went back up on lookout for a year. And, uh, I had written my uh, book called Fire Lookouts of the Northwest. But uh, it's just been in my blood all my life, I guess. Uh, just one of those things, you know, you, you say once a lookout, always a lookout. And other people say, you see one, look out, you've seen them all. <laughs> now, on those two-way radios, uh, this is one of my favorite parts. The cluster of guys in their towers, there'd be like 12 people around a certain lake or something, and they'd be talking to each other all the time. And sometimes they would do what amounted to little uh, sort of personal radio shows for each other. Well, they'd be getting telling jokes, or they'd be <laughs> playing a guitar that they didn't know how to play, and they'd go for an hour and <laughs> things like that. Were they like naughty jokes? Oh, yeah. Can you remember any of the jokes and share some of them now? Oh, yeah, I can share most of them, but I won't. Um, Now, I mentioned Ray's 85 years old. To his credit, and this is unusual compared to pretty much every other small museum I've ever visited, he's got a succession plan in place. So when he reaches a point where he can't run the museum anymore, the tower and all kinds of related artifacts are going over to the Priest Lake Museum not too far away in Idaho. Now, I talked to the board president of the Priest Lake Museum, a guy named Carlos Landa. It's clear that Carlos and everyone at Priest Lake just absolutely loves Ray, love his book, love what he's done with Lookout Towers, and thrilled that that Lookout Tower will someday be headed their way. There's a lot of Lookout uh, Tower history there around Priest Lake. Now, I, I wonder how they'll actually move that. And Carlos said moving the tower out of Ray's yard and over to Idaho will probably be pretty tricky, but it's not going to cost much. Um, he said that uh, they've got an all-volunteer group and they've got deep, deep roots there at Priest Lake. We've still got a bunch of old boys out there. Then when it comes time to get something done, we'll get it done. I like that candy shirt, yep. yeah. Now, I also mentioned uh, the Smokey Bear poster Ray got when he was a kid. That led to collecting all things Smokey, and I mean all things, thousands of artifacts and ephemera. Most of that material has already been moved up to Colville, where much of it's now on display uh, at the Stevens County Historical Society in their Smokey Bear room. Um, and we're not talking about a few posters and ashtrays. I mean, this is a world-class Smokey exhibit. This is curator Katie Tolan. He kept the things that were very special to him and things that were given to him by his family members. But it was considered the best Smoky collection. I don't know if anyone else has more now that we don't have all of what he had. But it's, it's still a pretty extensive collection. The only museum that probably comes close is down in Capitan, New Mexico, where the, the actual living Smoky was found back in the late 40s. I've been there, and it's, I mean, this Ray's collection just blows have. it away. <laughs> 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 is it, is it that obvious, Dave? Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. Um, now, one thing that's interesting, up in Colville, it's on display every day, so check it out this summer for sure. Now, lookouts are like lighthouses, I think. There's sort of a, there's an appeal to working in isolation, kind of being your sort of self-contained, I don't know, that, you, know you write your novel or do your, your watercolors or whatever, but it, it's definitely isolating. And I asked Ray Kresick if there's something that people attracted to that work have in common. Uh, they're a little strange. They're definitely loners. Uh, because some of these lookouts, they go up on their mountain and they don't see another soul all summer. And it takes a certain type of people. When I was on lookout, I enjoyed my solitude for up to a week. After that, I wanted to see somebody. Because <laughs> there'd be something to tell them. You know, hey, I saw a bear. <laughs> 
It was just absolutely delightful morning there in Spokane on Saturday. And Ray Kresick is a Northwest treasure. Um, the museum has a future. It, again, it's, it's sort of open by appointment, but he's pretty selected about who he lets in there. Um, we've got, we'll have uh, photos of my Northwest. I've got a video of him describing that firefighter on my Twitter feed and at Facebook right now. But just a really, just a great, great Northwest right. guy. That's also a lot of freeze-dried food, isn't it? I mean... You know, I think they actually would pack up like hundreds of pounds of stuff, either with a, really? with a crew or with burrows and stuff. I mean, they would set them up for the whole summer there. So it wasn't, I mean, you didn't, you didn't starve, but yeah, you didn't eat like a king or anything, but you had, you had your- There's no refrigeration, right? So this is, what is it all, salt <sighs> pork or what? I guess a lot of canned goods. I think a lot of canned yeah. beans and canned, canned bacon, because wow. bacon cans pretty well. But yeah, what, a, what, a, what an interesting way to live. Felix Spinell, all his features at MyNorthwest.com.